It is Friday, October 2nd here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 4 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me again are Tyler Syracuse and Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date in ownership info anytime at fansharesports.com. Boys, I'm flying high off my one win for the year in the Crown is Ass Challenge this week. We all played Russell Wilson and, and Tyler Lockett on DraftKings in week three. We each got middling output from Miles Sanders and CeeDee Lamb. The key difference makers for me were the Patriots defense and James Conner. And it's funny that James Conner was because I lost a, a, a key season-long matchup last week because I decided to sit James Conner in favor of Deontay Johnson in a PPR league. So I at least made up for it here. Man, if you if you had asked me, Connor or Deontay, I would have, I would have told you James Connor. I'm surprised he made that decision. But I know it's one that I look back on now. I'm like, that's stupid. Why would I play the wide receiver? But you know, I talked myself into it and whatever. Oh, great, great DK lineup. Though I mean, this this would have I don't know if it would have won tournaments last week, but it definitely would have been up there because it was a lower scoring week. Um, you know, I don't I don't really have any regrets about my team. You know, I, this was my cash lineup. I cashed 97 percent of my head to heads with this one. Um, so I guess you're you're part of the three the three percent there. Matt, that, that uh, you know, beat this team. So, congrats. <laughs> nice. And of course, I didn't leave myself any time to win any more money off of it. Tyler, I know you hit the DS Periscope on Monday to review your lineups. For anybody who wasn't watching that, was this your cash lineup overall? Yeah, I'm not sure if I had any regrets either. It kind of just sucked with the Deontay Johnson injury. I actually ran the same cash lineup as Adam Levitan, who is uh, works over at Establish the Run, and he does great work for them. It was just funny that we ended up on the same construction. It was a very similar build around the industry. And anytime that happens and your team's very chalky like that, it really only takes one or two guys to bust and it's going to be a, a struggle for you to cash. So that was Deontay Johnson mainly going down with the injury. And then CD Lamb was another lower owned type of guy who, who somehow lost snaps to Cedric Wilson. So that was the two big main reasons why I didn't cash in, in my lineup this week or this past yeah, I mean, C.D. Lamb versus Deontay Johnson was like a toss-up for me because you know, I was only going to play one of those guys. I ended up playing C.D. Lamb, which you know was lucky that you know he outscored uh, Deontay by like by like 13 points because uh, Deontay had that concussion. I also wanted to know too that you know I, I always say I'll basically play whatever at defense, and I played the Jets at defense last week at the Bearman. They scored me zero points, but again, you know, it didn't matter because it allowed me to fit um, you know some of those other guys in there. We will all be back at it this week in the Crown is Ass Challenge. Now with a win apiece through three weeks, we will show you Saturday morning who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, though, Tyler, can you please get us started with a cash QB plan? Yeah, for week four, it's going to be dependent on roster construction for me. I think we have a great pay down option this week in Ryan Fitzpatrick sitting at 5.4,000. I think he just checks all the uh, boxes you're looking for in a cash game QB. It's an extremely high over-under. It's going up against historically bad pass defense, which has given up almost like 1,400 yards of offense through three weeks. I saw some crazy stat that the Seattle pass defense has allowed, I think it's 396 more yards than Russell Wilson's thrown for this <laughs> season. And he's the MVP favorite with 14 touchdowns and over a thousand, almost 1,000 yards himself. So it's just crazy how bad the Seattle defense has been. And Jamal Adams is ruled out. 
we know Russell Wilson's going to have success on the offensive side of the ball. So Fitzpatrick's going to have to air it out. And he has sneaky rushing upside, uh, leading the Dolphins in rushing yards last season. And, uh, you know, he, he's not afraid to take on defenders. And and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be going that way in cash this week just so I could pay up at other spots. And I feel pretty good about his chances of, of scoring at least 20 points this week. Definitely an excellent spot for Ryan Fitzpatrick. My only concern with him is that whenever we get to this point where it seems like Ryan Fitzpatrick week, he comes out and throws three first half interceptions. Yeah, that, that's the risk. Um, I'm leaning Fitzpatrick for my cash game quarterback too. I've toyed around with lineups with Fitzpatrick in there and also some of these higher price guys. I, you know, I, basically since we started doing like DFS content, we, we've said that, you know, paying down for quarterback and cash is the way to go. I think that might be changing this season, at least as of now, how DraftKings is pricing these upper tier guys. I mean, these, you know, the, the top five, six fantasy quarterbacks have such high ceilings and floors um, that I think in a lot of weeks, if their prices stay, you know, in this, you know, low 7,000 upper $6,000 range, it's going to make sense to play them. Um, but, but I am with Tyler this week. I think, you know, Fitzpatrick's price and matchup sort of has me leaning that way. If I don't go Fitzpatrick, if I do pay up though, I think Deshaun Watson is actually my favorite, uh, more expensive quarterback. He's, you know, a bit cheaper than some of these other guys up there. Yeah, I agree with Deshaun Watson. Scoring was down the past two weeks, but he, he faced probably the, the two toughest defenses he'll face all year, uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. And he played well at Pittsburgh, 264 passing yards, two touchdowns. The Vikings now have allowed 28 plus points to each of their first three opponents. That's who he gets back at home this week. The matchup looks safer for Watson to me than Cam Newton, who's in a similar range in salary and who sits tied with him in DK dollars per point on our pages. Um, he, Watson's more expensive than Fitzpatrick and some of the other guys down there. And I am willing to go down in that 5K range, but he also offers savings on Kyler Murray, uh, Dak Prescott, 700 cheaper than Josh Allen, 1200 cheaper than Russell Wilson. So I think he's not too expensive to be a cash option this week. Certainly I have no problem with the other guys if you don't need the savings, but I like the floor and ceiling on Watson uh, more than Fitzpatrick if I can make it work. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I also think, I mean, I also think you can make an argument for Patrick Mahomes in cash, um, Dak Prescott in cash. I think Kyler Murray's out of play for me now with the injuries to DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk. They're both game time calls, so I think he's he's out of cash game consideration. On the GPP side, Tyler, where are you leaning? I think Jared summed up uh, the quarterback position pretty well. Uh, those top five options all have such a high floor ceiling combination, and I'm going to look to get exposure to those guys every week. Um, I do like Cam Newton as well. I think he's ranked number one in the Draft Sharks model right now. He's sitting down at 6.4 thousand. He might fly under the radar a little bit because he's cheaper than chalkier options at the top and then um, Deshaun Watson right above him. So I think he's interesting going up against the Chiefs defense, which has been pretty good. But, you know, the Chiefs are always expected to score around 30 points. And, and if the Patriots are out there in catch up mode, Cam Newton might be str scrambling around. He might get you a couple uh, rushing touchdowns and then throw for the 300-yard bonus. I'm definitely looking to overweight Fitzpatrick in GPPs as well. And then I'm going to be on Lamar Jackson as well. I think he had a really bad game against the Chiefs on Monday Night Football in front of everyone. And sitting at the top of the quarterback list, I think people are going to be hesitant to click his name this week as two touchdown favorites against Washington. Jared, what do you who are you stacking uh, Lamar with, Tyler? Are you, are you not stacking with anyone? You don't need to stack anyone with him, but 
I like Andrews the best, I think, because I think the Ravens are going to score over 40 points this week. And then Hollywood Brown, I'm going to have exposure to him again. I know he's kind of killed me the last couple of weeks, but they've still been using him deep down the field and they've just been just off on a, a, on a few deep balls. And if he can connect on one or two of those, he could definitely be in GPP winning lineups. Lamar missed Hollywood twice on Monday night. He could have had like 150 yards and two touchdowns in that game. I like Deshaun Watson best for tournaments. Again, I think he's a good enough value to use him in cash. I, I just like stacking him with Will Fuller, who's a fine price, and Brandon Cooks. I, we'll talk about more a bit later here, but $4,500 for Brandon Cooks, the usage he's getting in this matchup. I think he's an excellent option. So I think you can get Watson, Fuller, and Cooks, you know, get the majority of that passing game production and, you know, get it at a pretty cheap price tag. I like Ryan Fitzpatrick in this range if his um, projected own rate doesn't climb too high. Uh, I like the stack with Devontae Parker, even though his ownership projection is a little bit high right now, but also Mike Jacecki with him. So getting those two with Fitzpatrick, I think, helps with differentiating some. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, there's some rushing upside to Fitzpatrick. I also want to mention Matthew Stafford, who I think fits in the paying down for a cash QB at 5,900, as well as a tournament option. The matchup is just set nicely for him. The Saints are much tougher on the run than the pass. Their past, he got even worse when Marshawn Lattimore got ruled out. I mean, he hasn't been great so far, but he's their lead corner, likely to see the most of Kenny Galladay. So Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay stack, plus either Marvin Jones or TJ Hawkinson as stacking options if you are playing in a GPP lineup. So I think that's it's a high upside spot for Matthew Stafford this week. Yeah, Janoris Jenkins out for the Saints too. Marcus Davenport still out. So that defense is all sorts of banged up. The game has a high over under. I, I like Stafford a lot. I think Galladay's underpriced as well. So it's a pretty easy stack. Other guy I wanted to mention was Josh Allen. I mean, the guy has 35.6 DraftKings points per game. He flies under the radar every week because nobody wants to click him at that expensive price tag. And he's just made to score fantasy points. He's only second behind Russell Wilson in fantasy points on the season. And they're playing against the Raiders defense that no one's feared of. And he's got easy stacking options with John Brown slash Stefan Diggs. So I'm going to be looking to get exposure to Josh Allen every week just because he's coming in again at just 5.5% projected ownership. And he just keeps going off. And I'm going to play him in, you know, 15% of my lineups. I think he probably also loses a bit of ownership because of the wispy mustache. I think if he either shaved it or could grow it all the way in, he would get more respect. Yeah. It's about the only thing he's doing wrong right now. Over at running back for cash, Jared, what do you like? Uh, Alvin Kamara for me, um, you know, 8000 bucks. But honestly, I, I think he's like 500 to to $1,000 underpriced right now. The type of usage he's getting in the passing game. Michael Thomas was ruled out for this game against the Lions. So Kamara should continue to be, you know, the clear top option in this passing game. He has – Kamara has 31 targets through three games. That's fifth in the entire league. You know, not, not, among, not among running backs, among the entire league. Um, and this matchup's obviously good. Detroit, 29th in football outsiders run defense, DVOA. Uh, the Lions are 23rd in football outsiders running back coverage ranking. So Kamara should do some damage both on the ground and in the passing game on Sunday. Yeah, I would certainly ignore the ownership projection on the cash side. I wonder if he's a fade, though, at, at perhaps 30-plus percent owned for GPP lineups because, not. I mean, he's awesome and he's been terrific so far. Obviously, everybody knows he's not going to score two touchdowns every game, I, I think. but. <laughs> He's also seen 12, 13, and 6 carries. So really not your traditional running back, you know, setup. And I, I think it gives him volatility if so much of the field is going to have him. Are you guys starting him anyway and not worrying about that? Yeah, I'm definitely going to be playing him in at least 50% of my GPP lineups. I mean, that game has a 56 over under. He's got six touchdowns on the year. 
and he's just going to be their guy when they get in the red zone, and Drew Brees is going to dump it off to him for probably the entire game because he's just the only guy they have left, really, with Michael Thomas and Jared Cook out. And the Saints' offensive line does have a pretty big mismatch going up against the Lions' defensive line. So I can see Latavius Murray getting another 10 to 15 carries, but I just think when they get down close, it's always Kamara, and we can easily project him to score a touchdown, and honestly, we could probably project him for 10-plus targets. So I think he's got an awesome floor-ceiling combo, and he, he'll probably be over 90% owned in cash games, but I'll, I'll look to overweight him in GPPs as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll use him in GPPs. You know, we've talked about not worrying too much about ownership at running back. I mean, I, I think in, like, chalkier lineups, if the rest of your lineup's chalky, it, it's easy to pivot from Kamara to Zeke Elliott or Dalvin Cook. I mean, either of those guys could easily outscore Kamara this week. It wouldn't be surprising, and you're getting them at much lower ownership. Tyler, did we get a cash running back from you yet? I forgot. I mean, I'm definitely going to prioritize Kamara as well. Um, so he's he's priced up at 8000 Uh In the mid-range, I'm going to prioritize CEH, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's priced at 6000 He's seen a ton of targets the last couple weeks. In the past, the Patriots have generally looked to double-team both Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And that's allowed Kareem Hunt to have some monster games against New England. So I think that could be a similar case this year where Bill Belichick kind of plays those cover two deep safeties and bags the Chiefs to run the ball. And I think that'll only benefit CEH. I think he has a great shot at over five five or six yards per carry in the game. And if he's getting 18 plus carries plus five or six touches at just 6,400 priced as the RB12, I think he's a pretty safe cash game option. And he has tremendous ceiling this week as well. Yeah, he's hit 20-plus carries in two or three games. He's hit six-plus targets in each of the past two games. So the workload's pretty safe for him, I agree. On the GPP side, I got to mention Ronald Jones, and I think he might even be in consideration for cash. Right? 4,700, Leonard Fournette has been ruled out. Fournette consumed 24 carries, eight targets over the first three games, so those are now available. LaShawn McCoy is in the picture. He's gotten 11 targets so far just over the past two weeks. Um, despite playing only 11 snaps in those two games. So he's probably going to get some more this week, especially on the passing side. But just one carry for LaShawn Coy to this point. Jones is a clear lead back this week after being kind of iffy last week following the week two thing where Leonard Fournette came in and got a bunch of work. So there's at least a bit more receiving upside, I think, to Jones with Fournette out. The matchup's not awesome, but it also falls short of being scary. The Chargers are without defensive end Melvin Ingram, and the Bucks are favored by seven and a half points. So it looks like game scripts should certainly favor Ronald Jones being used plenty and they're missing some receiving pieces. So he's only going to be more attractive as an option. Yeah, definitely an option. I think in cash and GPP, there, there's just a lot of playable running backs this week. It's, it's, I think going to be tough to, you know, whittle it down to the top three. I'm not, I'm not sure Jones will make it into my cash lineup, but um, you know, at that price tag, I definitely don't think he's a bad play. Jared, who you got for tournaments? Uh, Daryl Henderson for me, I you know, 5,800 bucks. I think he's going to get lost, you know, sitting between guys like Kenny and Drake uh, Joe Mixon, Mike Davis, David Johnson. I think all those guys in that price range will be more popular than Daryl Henderson. And he, he's been really good the past two weeks now, 20 and then 22 DraftKings points the last two games, um, averaging 6.1 yards per carry over that span. Haven't seen the Rams final injury report yet, but I think Cam Akers is not going to play in this game against the Giants. Um, and you have you know the Rams as 13 point home favorites. They have the highest implied total on the main slate. And there's a lot of high implied totals and offenses we like this week, but the Rams have the highest implied totals. I definitely think it's an offense we want to get a piece of. And I think Henderson is the best bet for his price. You know, we know the Rams want to be a run heavy offense and this game script should definitely help them, you know, help push them that way. Tyler, what you got? 
my original inclination was to fade Daryl Henderson. Just I think <laughs> all the running backs in that price range a little bit better, even if they are a little bit chalkier. So Jared mentioned them. It's Kenyon Drake at 6,000 going up against the uh, Panthers. I mean, Drake's seen 18-plus targets every game this season. He's yet to break out, but this is the best matchup they've had this season. I think the game will be pretty close. And if Hopkins is ruled out, maybe they'll look to use Drake a little bit more in the receiving game, which they haven't done as much this season for some reason. I do like Joe Mixon. I just think he's underpriced at 5.8,000 going up against the Jags. We haven't seen him used as much throughout the season, kind of because game script has been negative, and then they, they get Gio Bernard in there. But with Cincinnati's slight favorites, I think Mixon and the Bengals are going to look to establish the run a little bit more this week. Mike Davis is just a little bit too cheap at 5.7,000 for his Christian McCaffrey-like role, and he led the league in uh, broken tackles last week. I'm not on DJ as much with Duke Johnson um, practicing in full and due back this week, and then it doesn't look like Carlos Hyde is going to be an option anymore with Chris Carson surprisingly expected to play. Uh, so for me, my favorite two in that range would be Kenyon Drake and Joe Mixon. I'm scared to go back on Joe Mixon because just because how did it doesn't seem like I usually get him right when I'm waiting on that breakout week. I also wonder though if the Jacksonville run defense is just legit. I mean, it's their sixth in run defense DVOA according to Football Outsiders, and I mean they they improved at linebacker this year. They've got a safety who's playing well in run D, so it could just be that they're better on run defense this year than they were last year. Yeah, it definitely could be. You know, as Tyler said, though, you like the fact that Cincinnati is actually favored here, so maybe game script finally mm-hmm. goes in Nixon's favor for once. Um, I, I'm going to have to play him at least in GPPs. I think in cash, I'll sort of force myself to go elsewhere, though. I want to see them throw him the ball more because the carry numbers have been fine so far, but the target numbers have not been, and they need to actually get him some yardage at some point. We, we talked about in yesterday's podcast that he's he's top ten among running backs in pass routes, but he's like you know twenty something in targets. So, you know, you, you think if he continues to run that many routes, the targets will come. He's not going to become Alvin Kamara, but, you know, if he can get three, four or five targets a game, that'd be nice. Yeah. It's just, it bothers me that to, we've gotten to this point where it's what, like 10 games into where Zach Taylor has started giving Joe Mixon the ball more and he's still not throwing him the ball more, whether it's, I don't, you know, maybe it's quarterback decision this year and they're just going to figure that out because they did obviously change quarterbacks from last year. So, you know, we'll see. I want to see him get more targets at least. Over at wide receiver, Tyler, what do you have for cash? I'm looking at Hunter Renfro at 4.6,000. On the week one podcast, I talked about how we want to target a ceiling in our cash game lineups as well. And generally, Hunter Renfro isn't viewed as a ceiling type of guy. But I just think the the Bills have been giving up a lot of slot production. Uh, they gave up big game to Jamison Crowder in week one. Uh, week two, they gave up a, a pretty good game to uh, the Dolphins wide receiver. And then week three, they gave up another big game. So I think that's the, the clear spot you want to attack that Buffalo defense. I think they're really going to key in on Darren Waller. The other wide receivers are injured. And honestly, Hunter Runfro might project for eight, nine, ten targets. He almost scored two touchdowns last week in a tough matchup. One of them was called back with his knee down at the one-yard line. But I actually think he has a pretty safe floor. I think he's going to catch at least six or seven balls. And then if he, if, he, I mean, if he gets 80 yards, you're fine with that in cash. And then he's got a shot at a, at a touchdown too. So as much as it makes me want to throw up a little bit, I may roster him in cash this week. I cannot play Hunter Renfro for $100 more than Brandon Cooks. I just I, I just can't do it. 
play them both. Play both. You could play them both, I guess. Yeah, you could play them both. I don't have an issue with the run for a play. I think, um, you know, Brandon Cooks, he's not my top cash game pick here, but I, I do think I'll be using him in cash. Um, you know, just $4,500 for a guy who's now playing on, you know, 90% of Houston's offensive snaps. Um, he has a 20.6% target share over the past two games, and, you know, he gets this Vikings matchup that we're looking to attack. Uh, the Vikings have allowed the third most DraftKings points to wide receivers. So I, I think Cooks is, you know, just just woefully underpriced at 4500 bucks. Yeah, I have both Cooks and Renfro down here. Cooks, as you mentioned, the his salary's down $700 from last week after the down game against the Steelers, which I think we expected. That's $400 cheaper than Cooks was for Baltimore week where he caught five balls for 95 yards. And by the way, this was the offseason to get down on Brandon Cooks. He just turned 27 years old. So this guy should be hitting his physical prime. He leads our DK dollars per point projections at wide receiver. It's certainly him being at 4,500 took some of the shine away from Hunter Renfro for me. I was hoping that Renfro was going to be like 4K or 4,100. But I also still like Renfro. Tyler mentioned the slot production against the Bills. I mean, if we count Mike Jasicki as a slot receiver in week two, which he is, uh, they had Jamison Crowder go for seven for 115 and a touchdown. Jasicki go for eight and 130 and a touchdown. And then Cooper Cup, nine for 107 and a touchdown. Teron Johnson, their slot corner has not been good. 18 catches, 184 yards allowed on 22 targets so far, according, according to Pro Football Focus. And you would normally worry about Hunter Renfro not being on the field a lot, but he's actually spent 41% of his snaps so far as an, at an outside receiver slot. So even when they're in two receiver sets with Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards out for this game, we might still see Hunter Renfro on the field. He's going to be around. I think he's both a floor and a ceiling play this week. Yeah, that was my concern with him is that, you know, he he might not play in two two wide receiver sets. And, you know, Vegas, I think, wants to be in two wide receiver sets when the game's still, you know, within reach. So that'd be my concern. But, um, again, I think playing Renfro and Cooks is a good way to, you know, get up to whether Sean Watson or Patrick Mahomes in cash. My, my favorite cash game I have, though, is DJ Moore at 5600 bucks. I just think he's way too cheap as well. And he's – He's been sort of disappointing so far in the box score. I mean, two of his three games, he's failed to reach 10 DraftKings points. He had a big game in the third, but um, his price is down $1,000 now from where it was week one. And really all the usage has been there for him. He's ninth among all wide receivers with 26 targets. He's seen a 25% target share. He's seen 50% of Carolina's air yards. That's like a top three mark in the NFL. Now he's in this up-tempo matchup against Arizona. We think there's going to be plenty of points in this game. And really, the matchup against Patrick Peterson is not one to run away from anymore. He's, he's just not the same player. Um, PFF has him just 67th in their coverage grades among 90 qualifying corners. So, you know, more I don't think he's going to be shadowed anyways by Peterson. But even when he is in that matchup, I think it's, it's a matchup he can win. On the GPP side, and I think he's in play for cash as well, Kenny Galladay is 6000 bucks is my favorite, even if you don't play Matthew Stafford. The salary is still catching up with him missing the first two games for injury. The playing time looked fine last week against the Cardinals. He obviously made it through fine because he did not show up on the injury report this week for the first time this season. The matchup was nice before Marshawn Lattimore went down. Marshawn Lattimore is now ruled out, so we don't have to worry about that at all. It was a 54-point over-under, so we're expecting lots of points here. It's the third largest of the week, second largest on the main slate. So lots of points, good player, uh, terrific matchup that should funnel scoring to the wide receivers. I think Galladay is going to be an easy play. I'll be curious to see Sunday morning what his ownership projection is, because right now it's low, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get to uh, Sunday morning and it's more like 12 to 15%. Yeah, even at 12 to 15%, he's a guy I'm definitely going to be playing. I think, you know, he's too cheap at 6000 um, He He's my top GPP play at wide receiver, too. Um, I'll throw out Mike Evans as well. 
just 6,400 bucks. Chris Godwin out. Scotty Miller banged up. Um, looks like he's going to play, but probably not at 100%. So Evans just going to going to be a great target bet. Um, it's Mike Evans, and he's 6,400 bucks. Tyler, what you got? So a lot of times the key to winning GPPs on both sites is nailing the wide receiver position since it's such a variant position. So one of my favorite things to do is pick a game that I really like and roster three or four wide receivers from the same game. We did that a couple weeks ago with the Seahawks and the Cowboys, and it paid off in a big way. So for me this week, it's going to be Seattle again and then Miami. So it's going to be Devontae Parker, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett, and then Gasicki in those lineups as well along with their quarterback, so it'll be a full-on game stack. If I'm not stacking that game, my second uh, favorite stack would be that Dallas and Cleveland game, 56 over-under. Amari Cooper, is uh, he's been a target hog. He's got 36 targets through three games, and he's yet to break through with a big game. But I think it's coming this week against Cleveland in Jerry World. He always puts up bigger numbers. Prescott and Amari just seem to have a better connection at home for whatever reason. And he's another one of those guys that just benefits from running routes uh, on the fast track. I'm going to go back to Marquise Brown. Talked about him a little bit. He's sitting at 6.3,000. I think people are going to be hesitant to click his name. But the main options are going to be guys in that Dolphins-Seahawks game and then the, the Cowboys and um, Browns. So for a Browns receiver, it's going to be Odell Beckham. I just think he's been he's been getting the, the workload that we like to see, especially when the Browns are trailing. I know they really want to establish the run with Nick Chubb, but as underdogs this week, I think they're going to have to throw a little bit more, and I can see Odell Beckham having a pretty good spike week. Yeah, I want to throw out the Rams receivers too. I, I like Jared Goff's upside against the Giants defense with a crappy back seven that's now going to be missing Jabril Peppers. But Goff's a little expensive at 6700 on DraftKings this week, so I would rather get my Goff exposure by playing his wideouts. It's Robert Woods first over Cooper Cup because he's $400 cheaper, and there's not the slot matchup with Buffalo this week. Uh, I think Cup's probably going to draw some higher ownership after posting the bigger week three. I think both are in play. I wouldn't mind, you know, setting the same lineup and putting one of those Rams in each of them to make sure I get whichever one has a big game. I also think there's room for both of them to deliver against this team. I mean, the Giants still are built in a way where they could slow the Rams running game and just kind of funnel things to the Rams passing. Uh, They have a big defensive line. So, you know, I'm not against Daryl Henderson, but it's possible things go that way. Yeah, Woods actually pops up as the third best dollars per point value at wide receiver on DraftKings. I'm probably going to avoid him in cash if I'm worried it's like a game where Goff only throws the ball like 20 times. Uh, if you know, with the Rams, 13-point favorites, if the Giants' offense doesn't really cooperate, we might might not get enough volume for Robert Woods. But um, in tournaments, I definitely think his, his price is right. Over at tight ends for cash, Jared, what do you like? I might actually pay up at tight end this week and play Darren Waller at 5,200 bucks. Um, and I know it's it's a tougher matchup against Buffalo. I know we just saw the Chiefs eliminate Darren Waller, but especially with Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards likely out of this game, I just think the volume we're likely going to get from Darren Waller for, for 5,200 bucks is, is well worth it. I don't know. I kind of like going down 3,500, going down to 3,500 for volume for Logan Thomas. The ceiling's not attractive, but seven plus targets in every game so far, averaging eight targets per contest, four catches each game. He's given the Ravens no reason to game plan against him. And have we gotten a game status on Terry McLaurin yet? He's questionable, but he didn't practice on Friday after getting added to the injury report on Thursday. So he, he you know, seems generally questionable. I think he's not going to be 100% if he plays. So that definitely helps Logan Thomas. I'm trying to wean myself off him because, like, the usage is awesome, but the production hasn't been good. I'm not sure that's going to change just because he doesn't look great. Washington's offense obviously doesn't look great. But, you know, 3500 bucks again, even if he gives us 
the six, seven points he's given us the past two weeks, you know, that's, that's fine because what it lets you do elsewhere. Yeah, that's the thing. And only three teams have allowed more tight end receptions than Baltimore so far. Every Ravens opponent has had at least six tight end receptions in the game. They're 28th in football outsiders tight end coverage. So I don't like the ceiling. It's a totally a cash play for me with Logan Thomas. But, you know, if the floor is four catches for 35 yards, I'll take it at his salary this week. Yeah, I don't Thomas either. I think he's a pretty poor GPP play because I don't like the upside either. I think there's a pretty good chance Washington might get shut out this week if Terry McLaurin doesn't play. So, I mean, you're looking at five catches for 50 yards uh, right in that range, but for 3,500, that's fine. If I can afford him, I think I'm going to look to Mike Kosicki at just uh, $100 cheaper than Darren Waller. I think I slightly prefer him just based on the matchups and... I think Miami's going to have maybe 15 more passing attempts than Oakland does this week. And I think Buffalo's uh, a pretty sharp team. And I think they might look at how New England played Darren Waller last week and kind of execute a similar game plan to, to take him out. The Bills have awesome linebackers and safeties. So that is just too concerning for me to use him in cash. He might have the 10 targets, but I think I like Gasicki a little bit better uh, at just $100 cheaper. I agree with that, but we might have to start bringing whiskey onto the show so we can take a drink when somebody says Oakland. (laughs) I like it. I'm in. Over on the GPP side, since we did talk about it, in that same low price range, like I said, I'm not playing Logan Thomas, but I think Rob Gronkowski at 3600 bucks is worth considering if you want the cheap tight end. Uh, His playing time did improve last week, uh, and the matchup for him is fine this week. It might even get better if the Chargers as expected, move Desmond King from safety back to slot corner where he played last year to fill in for Chris Harris could make for a better individual coverage matchup against Gronk. Yeah, I think he's in play, um, especially with the wide receiver injuries. I, I, you know, Darren Waller is going to be the chalk at tight end. So I like pivoting right in that price range to Mike Kosicki for all the reasons Tyler mentioned to TJ Hawkinson at 4,800 or Hunter Henry at 4,600. Um, you know, Hawkinson, Set season highs last week in routes in, in, in your know, route percentage and targets. And he gets this Saints defense that's given up three pretty big games to tight ends now. OJ Howard caught four balls for 36 yards in a score against them. Darren Waller had that huge 12 catch, 105 yard, one touchdown game. Robert Tanyan had 50 yards in a score against them last week. So I like TJ Hawkinson. Then Hunter Henry, I think he just has a big game coming because really everything has been there. He's Top six among tight ends in pass routes, targets, catches, and receiving yards. Just hasn't scored a touchdown yet, and especially with Mike Williams out of this game, um, that's just going to push more volume Hunter Henry's way. And you mentioned Robert Tanya's numbers last week, but you didn't mention that Jay Sternberger had a non-zero game against New Orleans. (laughs) Might be the most damning evidence. Exactly. Tyler, what you like? So with the tight end position pretty weak this year, as it always seems to be, I'm going to prioritize the top options with Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and then a little bit of Tyler Higby and Mike Kosicki. It's just very clear that Kelsey and Andrews have by far the highest ceiling at the position. And if they have one of their 100-yard, two-touchdown games, you're going to need them in your GPP lineups. I'd rather roster them than mess around with guys like Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, Darren Waller on these bad teams with low projected team totals. So for me, it's going to definitely be prioritizing Kelsey, Andrews, uh, I'm going to be the most overweight on them along with Gasicki, and then I'm going to probably have 10 to 50% of Tyler Higby. So tight end position is pretty easy. I'm going to be paying up uh, this week. 
Yeah, I'll be leaning away from Travis Kelsey uh, this week, but I like Mark Andrews at 6,000. I think it's a get-right spot for him. He had the big game in week one. He had eight targets last week against Kansas City, dropped a touchdown, so he could have easily had a fine game there. Washington's below average in tight end coverage. I don't think they really have an answer for Mark Andrews, or more importantly, Lamar Jackson. I think Baltimore should score plenty of points here, and Mark Andrews is usually heavily involved in that. Over to Flex, Jared. What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of those running backs we've talked about, and it's really just figuring out which one it's going to be. I mean, uh, I think Kenny and Drake's probably my favorite, but I, I think, you know, you can make a case for Joe Mixon. You can make a case for Mike Davis with his passing game role, and then Ronald Jones is the cheap guy who I think is in play in cash. Do you guys think that Mike Davis might be the fade this week now that he's seen the two straight weeks of eight targets and there's going to be – he's probably going to get a lot of attention in lineups this week? Not in cash, and I don't care about um, ownership in cash I, I will say i prefer um kenny and drake and joe mixon over mike davis though so you know davis would only be the play if i need that those savings in terms of cash ownership do you guys treat it any differently if you're deciding between you know a cash lineup that you're entering in a bunch of head-to-heads versus a 50 50 lineup i think that's going to be the key to the week is that upper five thousand dollar range uh, i haven't decided what i'm going to do i think mike davis might have the highest floor just based on his receiving game usage um, but I think I agree with Jared in GPPs. I'd, I'd give the lean to, to Kenyon Drake and Joe Mixon. I do think that there's room this week to fit Kamara or Zeke Elliott or Dalvin Cook, plus two more running backs in the 6K range with the, the cheaper wide receivers we mentioned, if you pay down at tight end as well. And Justin Watson is somebody that we haven't really mentioned yet. 3400 bucks is an option at receiver with – we don't know about Scotty Miller, uh, Chris Godwin out. So, I mean, Justin Watson, if he does a little bit, then he helps us. And as we saw KJ Hamler last week, basically did nothing for the Broncos, but at 3000, he allows us to get some other more worthwhile things into the lineup. Yeah, I definitely think Watson's in play. I was hoping Scotty Miller would be out and that, you know, that would have made me like Watson a bit more, but like you said, Matt, he'll, he'll be that slot guy. He'll be taking over that Chris Godwin role. And maybe Scotty Miller not being out helps to keep Justin Watson from being too highly owned. Yeah, I can't imagine Watson was going to be highly on regardless, but maybe. Tyler, you got anything else for the flex spot? I like Zeke at the flex just because I think people are going to be all over Alvin Kamara. So I'm going to look to play Zeke and Kamara in the same lineup and then pay down at wide receiver. I think that's not going to be a popular construction this week. And Zeke is definitely underpriced at 7800 for the role he's been seeing with Dallas. He's got 23 targets through three games. Dallas is playing up-tempo. They're a home favorite and Cleveland uh, doesn't have a good rush defense. So it's, I mean, he checks all the boxes. And then uh, it's going to be a lot of guys in that $5,000 range. We're definitely going to have to research that range a little bit more, figure mm-hmm. out who we want to get leverage on. But I'm going to be all over Kamara, Zeke, and CEH. And then I'm going to be dabbling on those guys in the $5,000 range. So it's mainly going to be running backs because I think all those guys are in good spots. So probably 90% of my lineups are going to have running back in the flex this week. Jared, at defense, I'm starting with Houston at 2500 bucks. Minnesota's a neutral matchup for defenses overall so far because they've been scoring points, but it, it looks like a, a mismatch in terms of sack potential. Houston's defense is ninth in adjusted sack rate. Vikings O-line is 25th in adjusted sack rate, so there's sack upside there. We've seen the turnover upside from Kirk Cousins. He threw the three picks against the Colts just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, there are no good cheap defenses to feel good about this week. I agree. The Texans are the lowest I want to go. Like again, maybe if I get to a lineup I love and I only have twenty one hundred bucks left, I'll go down to God. What, what's down there this week? The, the Washington or Miami? I mean, I mean that's that's very likely going to be a zero or negative point. So I'd at least like to get to the Texans. I do think they have some sack upside. 
takeaway upside, they're home favorites. You know, I, I probably won't end up going up to the Bucks in cash because they're thirty four hundred bucks, and like that, that's a huge. It's nine hundred dollars more than the Texans. You can do so much at the other positions with nine hundred bucks. But I do think the Bucks are the best pure play, even at that price tag. Um, you know, they're they're just a good real life defense. They're a good fantasy defense. They're third among main slate defenses in DraftKings points through three weeks, and they're big home favorites taking on a rookie quarterback. So there's there's definitely upside there. And you can stack them with $4,700 Ronald Jones to help you fit the salary. You definitely could do that. Tyler, what do you like at defense? Yeah, uh, Jared mentioned it, but I'm going to prioritize Tampa for sure. Yes, uh, they're just way too cheap at $3,400. I, I don't care if Houston's uh, $900 cheaper. I feel like Tampa can break the slate with 20 points. And, I mean, Houston is the cheapest defense that's in play, but there's a pretty high chance that they might only get you four or five points. And if Tampa triples them up at just $900 more, I think they're definitely worth it in cash. Uh, they've got 11 sacks in their last two games. They're going up against a rookie quarterback. Trey Turner and Brian Bulaga got ruled out on the Chargers offensive line. So I just think it's going to be a miserable day for Herbert. And I'm going to look to prioritize uh, Bucks defense in cash and GPPs. I think there's a chance they might shut them out and uh, force turnovers. And, and if they're getting 20 points, it's going to be hard to lose in cash if that's the case. So. So that's going to be my defense for sure. We should just start skipping over Jared at defenses because he looks at them like they're Jack Doyle or Gary Barnage. No matter what they do, he's just not investing anything. I agree with Buck Ravens. I think the Rams are in play 3,900 against the Giants. A mismatch, 13-point favorites. If you're paying up, that'll be the kind of thing where I get to the end and see what kind of salary is left. That's going to do it for the Week 4 DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to get cash game recommendations from Jared, to get tournament picks from Tyler, who will also lay out his favorite stacks for the week. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections, fan share ownership projections, and imported player salaries. And come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against each other in Week 4 of the Crown is Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse. at Syracuse with an I. And I am at ShalfDS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.